0: And just before we read, maybe just to catch us up, uh, we had uh, Jesus being born. Then he got bigger. Then he got baptized by John the Baptist. Then he taught us on the Beatitudes. And then we have seen him live out the Beatitudes. We've seen him live out his teaching. And now, Matthew kind of makes a little bit of a Summation of what have happened so far, and then it, uh, uh, what he can solve. Uh, it leads into what he's going to do next week about sending out the disciples. So we'll see there'll be a little bit of a recap of what Jesus has been doing in the chapters since the Beatitudes, how he's been living out his teaching and showing what Matthew have said from the beginning in the very first line <coughs> of Matthew that. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. That Jesus is the Christ, the one that was coming to be the Redeemer. And if we read in Isaiah that he would be, well, he is the eternal God. This is who Jesus is. And this is what Matthew is painting, a picture of who Jesus is. And we see that through his uh, his birth, his baptism, and his life and his teaching, or his teaching and his life, how he lives out his teaching. And so last week, Jesus had just healed two blind men, but he was asking them, because they called him the son of David, so he was just like, do you believe I can do this? We're not going to see that today, uh, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's read first, and uh, if you can just do the slides up there as I read. I'll put these these. So from 32, Jesus uh, has been having a busy day. If you go, he's raised the girl from the dead. He, uh, a lady was restored uh, from bleeding from 12, for 12 years. And he, he has uh, given sight to two blind men. And now in 32, as they were going away, behold, a demon possessed man who was mute was brought to him. And when the demon had been cast out, the mute man spoke. And the crowds mowled, saying, Never was anything like this seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He cast out demons by the prince of demons. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest so we have Jesus here <laughs> having a busy busy time, and just as some people are leaving, some other people are coming in uh this this time some people are bringing uh a guy who is mute, and this is the first time in the in Matthew that physical illness well i mean. With the two demoniacs living in the in the caves, they were up also also that was also an issue. But there was a physical manifestation manifestation of a demon that had a hold on a person, so the person couldn't speak. Um, and God is very creative, and so is Jesus. So it's very off. He doesn't do the same things. You see in his healings and in his different things he interacts differently with each person. This person and I don't know if Matthew's getting tired here. <laughs> like oh man he's getting writer's cramp at this time because he's been writing so much about what Jesus is doing, but he gives us no detail here. He just says that he just said that when the demon had been spe- cast out the mute man spoke. Nothing about the man's faith. Nothing about who the man thought Jesus was. We don't hear anything. He just, Jesus just cast him out. And the guy spoke. Matthew puts the emphasis on (laughs) what happens afterwards. And this is what we've been talking about so far in our service. That we come together here to praise God for who Jesus is. And here Jesus shows who he is, that last week he was the Lord of life, the Lord of the people that could heal people, the Lord that could bring back a girl from death. And today he shows again that he has authority over the demons and just asked them to leave. This is is who we're praising God for that he sent. So, I was just thinking, why is there not more, well, it doesn't matter, why, why is there more, more, like, why did, like, we were so, last week was like, we were so, I was so into, like, why is he asking about what they think about him, and if he can be healed, and here is none of that. So, it's very interesting to see how Jesus reacts in different situations. But I do think Matthew is more concerned about the last part. The crowds kind of go wild and go like, "Whoa, we've never seen anything like this in Israel. This has never been done before. This man is totally unique. We've, this is amazing." And they're like, like their heads are blown—like not blown, but they are. <laughs> their minds are blown. They're like, "What? Like this is amazing. We, uh, the, a person that's mute, has never been able to speak again. He's cast out demons by a word." Uh, that is not how everyone responds. <laughs> and so we'll have a response from uh, from some other people, but I just had a if you take the first quote slide I just thought it was just a there's nothing said about the person's faith by all indication Jesus acts here in sheer grace not to answer faith but to invoke it. So in this so in this sentence Jesus is by grace healing this man of this demon so that maybe he will have faith. There's so different difference than what he did last week. He was inquiring about their faith. And then he's saying, May it be done as you have faith. Here it's just just different. If you can take the next quote. So maybe maybe the, maybe the crowds that are going wild, they're thinking about what Isaiah wrote. That the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the death be unstopped, and the lame men leap like deer, and the tongues of the mute sing for joy. For water breaks forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. So they're like, maybe Jesus is that one. He, he will be the one who does this. And they've seen it. They've seen the first parts, and now they see the mute man speak, and they're very excited. Maybe he is the one. Maybe he's the one to restore all those things. Maybe he's a. Maybe he is. And Jesus, by doing these things, he's doing what he's been doing all the time. He's showing the people that he is the Son of Man. But who was the Son of Man? The Son of Man was Jesus' title for himself that he wouldn't get all political with the Messiah thing Whether he thought he would be a warrior king who would restore the kingdom of Israel no he would say no I'm the son of man I'm going to suffer and then I'll be glorified but he's also claiming and showing he is fulfilling these things and he is God God incarnate that Jesus is God Like, like Matthew was saying from the beginning he is The one. He is Christ. But not all people respond that way. And we've been talking about that through the service. Like we've been praising God for who he is and for for Jesus and what he's done. And and that he's given us community to walk with in faith. But we know more than well uh, that the world... like. Maybe the argument is so funny that a lot of people are like, how can there be a God when the world is so bad? And, and all those things. But what about it being the other way around? How can there be a God when all these bad people? No, it doesn't matter. That's not what I, that, what I meant is that, well, if people do so many bad things, it's a wonder why God would ever send his son to restore them. That's a massive grace. Because I've talked a few times about if I was God, then things would be very different. Depending on your, 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 <laughs> your patience, kindness, and goodness, self-control. So it's very good I'm not God. Because I am, don't have co- that kind of compassion. We'll see Jesus' strong compassion in a few minutes as well. But what amazing God. And what an amazing thing that Jesus does, that he goes to the people that really needs him. And then even what is crazy is that even his enemies, he keeps showing them the same thing he does his friends. The Pharisees can't say this if they didn't see it. So the Pharisees have the same opportunities to see what God does. Has done through Jesus. But <clears throat> but what does the Pharisees say? I'm not gonna deal totally with it because Jesus is gonna deal with the, the Pharisees himself in chapter twelve. So I'll just let you a slight flyover of this arg- this nonsense argumentation, and then I think Marius will deal with it. Um so it's just gonna be a flyover because they're like they're saying. He cast out demons by the prince of demons. Hmm. Okay, so in short, is, so in short, Jesus is either better than and more powerful than the prince of demons since he can control him, or he is the king of demons. But why would he throw out a demon of a possessed man to give him sight, er, not sight, well, not sight, but give him to able to speak and if he is stronger then uh, then how does any of this make sense what they should be saying and which jesus picks up in 12 is they're saying that the spirit in jesus is a demon and jesus will have none of that nonsense and he gives one of the biggest warning that has made many people shake in their pants is that if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you will not be forgiven. That's how strong Jesus in 12 is going to push back on this thing. You can say all sorts of bad things about me. You say anything bad about the Spirit in me, you're not going to get forgiven. Jesus is Lord of all. So in some sense the pharisees are kind of kind of right i mean it's not by them but jesus is lord over the demons he's also stronger than the one who controls all the demons but jesus was not filled by a demon The question we come to, and you can find the next slide, quote slide, is that, and we've kind of talked about this already, and there was a difficult time, difficult sayings about you don't cost your don't cost, don't cast your pearls before swine. They'll turn around and beat you up. Some people in our lives will never listen to us when we talk about Jesus. The Pharisees in his life never wanted to listen. Their hearts were so full in control of pride that their whole lives was going to be a power struggle against Jesus. Nothing can convince those who are under the power of pride they will believe anything however false or absurd Rather than the holy scriptures, they just, show, they just show the enmity of their hearts against a holy God. I'm starting really to like him, he's an older guy, but what he's saying is that some of the things that you meet sometimes, and maybe people are not going to say this, but some other people have said the original sin is always pride. When we do not want to sit, submit to God, it's always pride. I know better. I'm a better God. Most people don't say that, especially not in church, we don't say we're better than God. <laughs> and people outside don't say that they're better than God. But really, but really say that I am actually better than God because the way I live and the way I find my way through life is the right one. <laughs> I won't submit to other people telling me what to do and definitely not God because either he doesn't exist or he's not that or he's not this. So so, so so the issue would be when people all of us continue in our pride we cannot hear what God is saying we will only hear what we want to say and we will refute even good counsel from other people. We will also say, find some excuse for why we don't have to obey the Bible. Because we are controlled by our own pride. And that also seems to be what's going on with the Pharisees. That they're controlled by their viewpoints and by how things should be and Jesus is kind of an annoyance, and so they have to find some kind of a nonsense argument. And because this the argument doesn't make any sense, like he, I'm going to not talk about, because it's going to be later, but it doesn't make sense the argument. Have you ever been in those conversations <laughs> with friends or families when you say something, and they start arguing with argumentation? that don't work. And they might even know that. But then they'll say then they'll pick another argumentation. But they'll all leave kind of to not really work. There's a that's an indication that it's not about God. It's really not about God. It's about it's about pride not wanting to be humbled by who God is. So when so you can say, should we just give up? No, no, we shouldn't. Like I think the the call for us is to, to attack back. How do we attack back? We did that just like we did before. We attack back by praying. By asking God to move, asking God through his Holy Spirit to impact these people. Because we cannot break people's pride. We couldn't break our own. But God can, through His Holy Spirit, move in their hearts just like He did with ours. And we have to just keep, as we come to worship Jesus, as we do, celebrating all He's doing, we have to be reminded that He did that to us so He can also do it to others. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes it's easy to like I Man, my brother's never going to be a Christian, or my neighbor's going to be a Christian. Like, they, they can't, like, it's not going to happen. It's, it's easy to give up. But we can go, as long as we have breath, we can pray that God would do it. And we've seen him do it. So we don't fight again against people with our words to hurt them. We fight as we pray. We fight as we continue to live for Jesus. And recalling all the blessings that he's giving. So we don't give in to a heart of hate or frustration. I do that too many times when I read the news. Uh, (laughs) But we (laughs) instead seek the joy that, of all the things that God has done in us, so that we would actually... (coughs) It's so difficult. We would actually pray for our enemies and love them. And praise Jesus that He has filled you with His Holy Spirit and who He is. So we can continue to pray that God would move in their hearts and minds. Then I had a long section about all the Pharisees that are here today. I think I'm going to skip a lot of that, but... I'm just maybe just an overview um, wh- what has uh, what has uh, what has uh, i think over the last maybe five years or so have i have looked at the world i guess you do too, and then i uh, sometimes the people inside the church are 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 cast as being mean and judgmental and and Pharisees and hypocrites in um and, and sometimes we are, and that's why we need Jesus, that's, that's why we come to Jesus. But I've been looking at the world and I'm <laughs> I've been starting to wonder, especially especially Pharisees, all of a sudden, they're very prominent in our, in our society. They're not religious in any way, but they might have some kind of status or power. And, and they act kind of in a religious way where they say like, well, you have to do things like this. Like, says who? Well, that's just the way it is. got to do things. And you're like, well, why? What, why, what, who? Because you're famous or something, how is it that you can tell everybody else how to do things? And then sometimes when they, <laughs> sometimes when, when those people show that their lives are full of pride and, and, and they fall terribly into sin, then it, it is just very strange. And, and it's also like in, in certain political parties and certain associations and even, even atheistic society, I, I shouldn't have been on that thread reading that comment, but even atheistic society is kind of Pharisees and say, well, you, you have to live this way. Says who? And you're saying that we are judgmental, but you just said we have to live like you. Like we live in this culture where diversity and all sorts of things, uh, what is diversity, equality, uh, I can't even remember (laughs) the things, all the things that the world are setting against are very high. And if you're not like that, then you're evil, mean, and unkind how diverse is that opinion? You just said you're diverse, you're willing to listen, but you just said that everything has to be done your way, and if I don't think the same, then I'm mean, unkind, and evil. Well, you're a big Pharisee. Because you just said you believed in all sorts of things that you don't believe. Because how can you say... Because I believe something else, then I'm evil and unkind. So there's plenty of Pharisees in our society. They might not they're not religious, but they have their own religion that if you don't fit into exactly what I mean, then you're evil, unkind, mean, and you should lose your job, and not be able to teach kids because you don't think and believe like me. But I'm really diverse, tolerant, and nice if you're exactly like me. I think that's a crappy gospel, by the way. Because we believe Jesus has given us different gifts and abilities. So inside the church, we're not supposed to be the same. We're supposed to love and serve Jesus and follow him. But we're not supposed to be mean-spirited and evil towards people who don't agree with us. We're actually supposed to be the opposite and say, hey, we don't agree at all. But you know what? I think there's still a better way. Okay, you got a lot longer than I thought. Was the Pharisee thing? But the biggest problem all human hearts is, is to see its full pride, and then come and ask Jesus to forgive them. We live in a world, and we've always done. But the hardest thing is get a human to bow their knees to Jesus but we shouldn't give up because Jesus has shown us so much about who he is and he's going to show even more now because we're going to go to the next part where 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 Jesus is just going to show this amazing picture of who God is and who he is but it's so crazy just the last part When people are so blinded, like the Pharisees, and even today, there's no way they will give glory to God, no matter what. They just saw this miracle that was prophesied would happen only through the promised one. And they say, he's a demon. It's pretty prideful. Look at the contrast to the Jesus. <laughs> Look at the contrast to Jesus. He, he came to preach to many, to share the good news of God's kingdom. He did it to the poor, to the rich, to the strong, to the weak. All who wanted to hear. And also the one that didn't want to hear. And Jesus was not about himself. He was about who God is and what he had done through him. He wasn't trying to exalt himself. And so then in 35, you know, Matthew is summing up all of Jesus' ministry so far. He went through all the cities and all the villages, rich and poor, and teaching in the synagogues. He was proclaiming the kingdom of God. He was healing diseases and afflictions, afflictions. He was letting people know what it looks like that the world was restored what the kingdom would look like when he is ruling the blessed hope of all things restored in Christ and then we have this thing that is, I think has become for me this thing I, had, I didn't know but a, a thing where where Jesus sees again you see it here he, in 36 and when Jesus saw Jesus has been seeing the weak the marginalized the rich that was in need of him and now he sees all these people that are in need of him and we talked about it the 7.8 million I just found out but God still sees you Jesus sees the crowds. What does Jesus see? Does he see people that are healthy and well? No, because he sees and has compassion. Why does Jesus have compassion? That's because the people are harassed and helpless. And in the picture, they're like sheep without a shepherd. They're lost and they're wandering around into all kinds of trouble, falling off cliffs and getting stuck in thickets. They're... Abused by other teachers and preachers and and people that should have protected them. They're lured away by evil people. Just like people are today. And so I gotta ask myself, do I have compassion on these people that I don't even like and their pride and their Pharisees and their enemies? Jesus does. Or do you just think they're stupid and evil and wrong? Jesus comes to the blind, mute the lame. The people are lost in their pride. These are words that for me and also for you, if they land well. Yelling at a deaf man doesn't make him hear. It doesn't make a blind see that we yell at them. A lost person doesn't get found because we yell at them. But is our, when we have a God who's so compassionate, as we see here, and we've received his compassion, how does it come out of us? Just like I've been confessing many times, is that compassion and mercy are not on the top of who I am naturally, So I need lots of closeness to Jesus here to just even like people, let alone have compassion for them. But it's possible. It's possible to cry. It's possible to help. It's possible to say what people need to hear when it's difficult. It's also possible for us to have compassion. And we will engage in the world instead of being mad at the world. And we don't do this on our own strength because our hope is in who Jesus Christ is. Not that we are brilliant or not that we have to do it. But what, so how is this a little excursion? but what have gone wrong in Jesus' time and also now? Well, particularly in Jesus' time, what has gone wrong is that the spiritual leaders in, and teachers are not protecting the sheep. Like Jesus says many things about how some of them go to widows' houses and abuse widows and take their food and they, make, they put burdens on people they shouldn't have. And it seems like some of them are way more into getting power from Rome and other things. And instead, then the, all the sheep of Israel are confused and hurt and broken because the spiritual leaders are doing something totally different than what they were supposed to be doing. They are more, c- more uh, concerned with what they would get in this world than what their job actually was to do. <coughs> to shepherd the people. To teach them about who God really was. Not in a hypocritical, hypocritical way but who God really was. So Jesus sees and has compassion on the crowds. And then what, it's interesting to see his response. It's like somebody was saying that Jesus is, <laughs> Jesus is kind of like, you know, Jesus is eternal God, but at this point he, he's just one man. And he's like, calls, the, calls together the 12 guys. He's like, we need more people. Like, this is a big job, you know. We gotta have some more people. And he calls together his disciple and asks them to pray, pray, pray to the Lord of the Harvest that what that He will send more workers. He says, "I've just I've looked at the I've looked at the lost sheep, and and he said that the Harvest is plentiful. There's plenty of people out there that's gonna." is going to hear about who God is, and they will come. But right now, I'm just one dude. We need more people. And so it's time now to go and pray that the Lord of the house will send out more laborers. It fits so well with what is going to happen next week, <laughs> because then Jesus is going to send out the disciples. In our fellowship, this is very interesting because as a leadership we have done this and you showed up you an answered our prayer we have said to the lord on m- many occasions especially this season when we know people are leaving then we're like oh we got to do this again but we've had periods of time where this has been a focused prayer of us as a leadership lord send more people Send more people to join the mission with us. Send more people who would live a life honoring to you and wanting to reach out to other people. Send more people because this place is full of people. We are few. Send some more to help us. And it's such a good prayer because if we didn't, we wouldn't have seen some of you guys. It's also a prayer where we are dependent on others, and we're not saying in our own pride, "We'll do this, God. We got this." No, Lord, send us more. Send more. Send us more gifts. Send us more abilities. Not that we'll be great, but that Your name will be proclaimed to many, and they'll see how glorious and compassionate You are, God. So Matthew's making this, he's tying up a bow maybe of chapter 9 and summing up all the things that Jesus did. That he, Jesus is the Lord over the physical, over the spiritual, over the blind, over the lame, over the unclean. Over the demons, over nature, when he caused the sea to be still. Over life and death, when he reaches in and gets this girl back from death. And Matthew's just saying it again, like he said in the beginning, Jesus is the Christ. He is God. And then he will next week send out his disciples, and we're going to see how the story continues. So what about you? A few things. Maybe maybe the hard question first. Is your heart full of pride, and you never, ever take any advice from everyone, and uh, especially God? Well, you're here for a reason. I'll ask you to repent of that and come to Jesus. You all, we will all bow our knees. It's just a matter of when. Because when Jesus comes back, we will all do it. I'll pray that you out there and here, if you haven't done that, I hope you have seen a picture of who God is today through who Jesus is, Did you would want to bow your knee and follow him. I can't make you love Jesus. I can't scare you to follow him by saying what the consequences is. But there is consequences. If we disobey, we will not be with Jesus forever as we talked about. For us who believe, I hope you've been encouraged in how compassionate and kind that God is. That he sees you all the time and he actually wants to be with you. He actually has made you for a purpose. He made you to reflect who He is and to reach out to other people that they might know as well. He's created you like He wanted. He has restored you and made your new creation like He wanted. What are the gifts and abilities that He blessed you with? How has He created you so you can praise Him in the way that you made? How you can be filled with that joy. Not that everything would be great because this world is kinda weird. It's always been weird. But there's an internal joy would let us live in this world as conquerors because Jesus conquered. We can trust in him. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father thank you for your kindness and goodness towards us Lord I want to right, right off the beginning I want to say thank you so much for all the people you brought to this to our fellowship the gifts the abilities the kindness the goodness that was in them because you've changed their hearts and their minds how they had shared their lives with people around them how they prayed for us how they prayed for other people and right now we want to pray for all I know it's a big thing. We want to pray for all those people. They're from the east or the west, all over the world, Lord. May you bless them and help them continue in the the ministry that you've given them of being who they have been created to be in you. And Lord, thank you for your compassion on us. Thank you that when we're still far away lost in our sins and trespasses, Lord, you keep. Jesus, your kindness and mercy towards us, you 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 brought us out of darkness into light well overwhelm us with that well help us to be hum help us to be humble help us to know that it's not in our 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 abilities but it's in your spirit that you put in us. the Holy Spirit continue to guide us help us to continue to listen as you guide us and I pray for the people that are just whatever state people are in, will you meet them and encourage and hearts with your kindness and goodness towards us? We ask that to the praise of your glory and your grace in Jesus' name. Um, just in the end, uh, maybe I should have said that in the beginning. Every time I speak, it is to encourage. Sometimes encouragement is rebuke. But if you feel condemnation, pain and shame then it is not the holy spirit and there's something wrong so if you feel like that then you should pray with somebody that will explain it (laughs) and say no jesus is not the one who condemns he draws you into himself Uh, so yeah we want to be honest we want to pray that you grow but it's never to condemn you or to shame you but it's to pull you closer to god so i pray that will be how it is if you have any comments and questions, Angry Albus, I'm also here. You can also do it to somebody else. Uh, but if you are also sitting, it's like, hey, I need somebody to pray with. Just stay back and have somebody pray with you. Um, and then don't run away because we have uh, two Polish people cooking dinner for us. So i would be a shame to miss that. Um, they're from Poland. I mean, it's not like we have them chained in the kitchen. They do volunteers. I'm not against that. Uh